Hi, I'm Megan Francis. And I'm Dave Kroc. And this is the LifeWork Podcast. In this show, we'll explore what it really takes to build a business while designing a life that matters. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of LifeWork. I'm Megan Francis here with Dave Kroc. Hey, Dave. Hey. We're talking about reading today. I, I like that. I know you really like to read. Yeah. I'm, I'm not as good about it as I could be, but we're we're going to be talking about an article that you posted on your Facebook feed, which led to yes. some interesting conversation in yes, your in your in your feed. But first, tell us about the article and what is the premise? Sure, this is from Inc.com, and of course, we will link to this. In which the I show like notes. to read. We we definitely like to read Inc. Yes. And friend of the show, Damon Brown, is over at Inc. He's yeah. he's written about us. He has on Inc. We're so, fans. We're fans, and not just because he wrote about us, but this is not, now Damon did not write this article. The article is titled, Why Constant Learners All Embrace the Five-Hour Rule, and this is based upon uh, good old uh, not friend of the show, because he's dead, Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> um, he, he, uh, he's a friend at large. He's a friend at from large. From beyond the grave. He's on the, he's on the board of advisors. Um Post, Whether he likes it or not, post, postmortem. Postmortem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Benjamin Franklin, he he basically did this one hour a day, five hours a week, and so the article is basically selling you why you should do the same thing. Basically, the premise is roughly an hour a day he spent in deliberate learning. So not just like, oh, I'm going to flip through my news feed on Facebook, mm -hmm. and hey, did you? Oh man, I didn't know that. Right. Pigs did that, you know, like it was not that kind of learning. <laughs> I didn't either. Um, I'm not even sure what I'm talking about, but const like define deliberate learning. Um, so what he did, Benjamin Franklin, what he did, he, he would wake up early. He'd, he'd read and write. He'd set some like personal growth goals. Um, and then he would just kind of focus on reading and learning about the things that he wanted to get better at. So he kind of focused on different areas. He called them virtues. Uh, he had 13 of these virtues that he was working on. And he made a little chart for himself so he could check off that he was working on them every day and that kind of thing. But um, so simple premise, spend five hours a week in deliberate learning. And what the article goes on to talk about is that there are some pretty big names uh, that actually went through and, and kind of in loosely follow this kind of this kind of premise. And some are, are overachievers in this sense, more than five hours uh, a week. Um We've mentioned Warren Buffett on the show here, a uh, successful investor. He spends five to six hours per day reading five newspapers and 500 pages of corporate reports. So he's, it's kind of his job. He's in, right. he's immersed in his job, but he's reading newspapers, he's absorbing what the latest is and what's going on. Um, Bill Gates, uh, founder of Microsoft, he reads 50 books per year. Hmm. Um, I've got a friend that's has a goal of like 120 books this year, and I'm like, that is that's excessive, right? There. Yeah, I, right. I can't keep up with that. <laughs> Uh, this person has a job too. They could be like picture books. <laughs> they could be. <laughs> they could be C. Jane Run. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He leads. He uh, reads at least one book every two weeks. Uh, Elon Musk, uh, founder of Tesla. He uh, grew up reading two books a day, according to his brother. Oprah Winfrey. She credits books with much of her success, and uh, she says books are my pass to personal freedom. Um, Arthur Blank, who's the co-founder of Home Depot, and I believe is also the owner of the um, Atlanta uh, Falcons, um, he reads two hours a day. Uh, Dan Gilbert, who's the self-made billionaire, he owns the Cleveland Cavaliers, he reads one to two hours a day. Uh, now, a lot of these people are billionaires, right? So the, the, the idea of, or the word billionaire seemed to center around this, that is not the premise of this article. Um, the core concept is basically just this, this five-hour rule. Yeah. Creating space, deliberate empty space, 
for learning and deliberate about it, like planning it out, deciding what it is you're going to learn and then focusing in on that. And the difference that that makes is amazing because you see, you see where that shows up in the rest of your life, right? Mm -hmm. The things we immerse ourselves in, the things we marinate in eventually change us. And so, uh, I think it's a pretty good, uh, whether it's a hard and fast rule, there's no hard and fast rule with this, but (laughs) the idea of spending deliberate time learning, I think is an amazing thing. Absolutely. And I have to imagine what I think is interesting about this is I bet back in Ben Franklin's day, although I'm not sure, there probably weren't a whole lot of personal finance or business books yet. No. Um, So maybe the stuff he was learning, you know, you said virtues, maybe it it was things about being healthy, wealthy, and wise or whatever. It was more like personal development, Mm -hmm. um, whatever that was called in those days. Probably not personal development. But yeah. And probably also not self-improvement. <laughs> but the point is, it doesn't necessarily have to be in your industry. It doesn't necessarily have to be right. for your job. It's more like that focus to be a better person, be better at what you do, be better at something you'd like to do. Right. Yeah. Um, now, this was interesting. When Dave posted this to his Facebook feed, he got a little bit of snark in response. You know, most people were like, yay, rah, rah, reading is great. Um, but some people kind of were a little cynical about the idea that why are we pointing to people who are already billionaires as the idea of what we should be doing, us normals, who are just trying to make it through the day. And I thought that was interesting because, you know what, an hour a day is not a whole lot. It really isn't. It doesn't. I don't even care if you're working, you know, if you're like early stages of your business and you're bootstrapping and you're working all the time, I still feel like most of us can squeeze out an hour for something that's really important. Right, right. It is amazing how often that, um, we, well, I think one of the, uh, the comebacks in this is, is very interesting to see people's responses to that right. idea, right? The idea that people who are billionaires already have the time and whatever to spend. But on, how do they on, get to be billionaires in the first place? Right. You know, right. That's, that's one question. Most, most did not start there. Most no. did not start with anything. Right. Right. So, um, but one, one statistic that I found is that the average American spends 4.7 hours per day on their smartphone. Now, that is all, all things combined on the smartphone, right? So we're making calls, we're texting, that kind of thing, right? So some of that might be related to actual work. Yeah. Um, quite a lot of it is flipping through Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. When I get on my phone, I actually had to, um, I took the Facebook app off my phone. Mm-hmm. And I have the Messenger app because I actually use Messenger app a lot for both business and personal use. It, it is interesting how many people will use Facebook in the messaging yeah. component of that for business. So that's valuable for me to have it. And I, I don't check it that often, but I do, I do have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took the app off and I actually purposely made my, fa- my Facebook password kind of weird. So I can't remember it off the top of my head. Oh, and so then I logged out yeah. of the browser. So now I can't really get into Facebook on my phone. And I will say that's really helped me be more productive and just more present, especially when I'm not in front of my computer and I'm out and about and there's not that, you know, it takes that we think we've talked about this on the show before. It takes like a day or two for you to stop picking up your phone. Like we talked about when we were on vacation and for the yeah. first couple of hours, I was just kind of holding my phone, looking at my pictures because it was something to do, even That's though I had, I had no signal. So I yeah. couldn't really do anything. Interesting. I'm <laughs> yeah. still doing the activity. Yeah, I'm here touching my phone, touching my phone. And then you kind of train your body gets trained out of it. Your, your muscle response, yeah. you know, m- memory gets trained out of that like Pavlov's dog kind of way that we interact with our phones. Um, I, I, I'm not surprised by that. I know there's other, there's other statistics about how much TV people watch. Oh, yeah. And so I don't know. I, I think, you know, it doesn't have to be sitting down and reading a book for an hour, you know, a night or whatever. Sure. Like you said, it's, right. sen- it's spending deliberate time with resources or things that make you 
better person or better business owner. But I think that I was surprised that in this day and age with as much I feel um, leisure time, most of us really, if we're honest with ourselves, have access to that yeah. that would be like a hot button issue that people would be kind of sour grapesy. It's very interesting about that. I, I think if I had to speculate and I'm, I am, uh, I'm, I'm going kind of, to do it, but I'm kind of, I'm not actually saying this is what this person believes or anything like that. But, um, I think a lot of the, those type of comments that, Oh, it takes money to make money mm-hmm. or you've got, you know, only the 1% ever do X, Y, and Z, right. Or you know, millionaires, this, that, and the other thing when the average millionaire is self-made. Um, I think a lot of it stems from a place of envy and not yeah. necessarily a place of, okay, so that's possible, yeah. right? Learn the backstory. Okay, that's possible. Because I think so many, unfortunately, that article was about learning, but it turned into an article about money. And it's very uh, interesting, or at least the, the discussion around it right, turned in, 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 yes. in the feed turned into an article, uh, turned into a discussion around money. And it's very interesting how often we conflate the two that success or growth and advancing and becoming a different person equals money or that people that have a lot of money are, you know, necessarily have grown in those ways. But there's something about the process of growing a nest egg, of growing wealth, of growing a business, of pursuing uh, financial remuneration. That process actually grows you as a person and you have to provide a lot of other people with great value in order to grow into a billionaire. Right. You have to really be providing a lot of returns to other people or providing something that a billion people want for a dollar or whatever the case might be. So I, I think the, the premise underlying that is is kind of a faulty one. I think yeah. the, the idea that it takes money to make money, it doesn't always. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had our last episode last week was was we touched on that significantly when we were talking about fundraising. Um, so and, and it was great to see somebody that jumped on and kind of talked about. They're, they're stay-at-home mother. Um, they've got a demanding job. Kids got an ADHD, d- taking care of the house, doing all that sort of stuff, and then still spending time, that private time, reading and learning, mm-hmm. you know, like finding the time. Because like we just talked about, the average American spends 4.7 hours a day on their smartphone. Right. Just take the point seven. Right. That's about 40 minutes. Yeah. Right? Truth be told, I don't read two, three hours a day. I don't, I don't actually read that much in solid blocks. I'd like to do that more, but um, I kind of kind of do a skim read which yeah. i want to talk about that in a minute because that's a way for you to absorb a lot in a shorter period of time um but yeah just take the just take the margins like mm. you think about the small the 10 percent of time here and there and if you put that together and you have a defined goal around what you actually want to learn it it becomes kind of a cool thing and, yeah. and you can actually batch that time together and 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 yeah and you can you too can be the five <laughs> hour <too>. learner <laughs> and scene so <laughs> Actually, that actually brings up, I'm glad you brought up the stay-at-home mom thing. Um, I will say that when I started having kids and was trying to balance a business around having kids, that was when I stopped reading as many books. And part of the problem that I see has happened, and and I'm not even really complaining because there's so many ways to absorb information and and get, I mean, I watch a lot of um, TED Talks and other, mm-hmm. you know, I watch video Absolutely. that's instructive. Yes. Um, I read sources it. like Inc. and Fast Company. Um, I often am just reading like, I also, I love listening to podcasts. I like right. talking to people. For me, like talking to people is a great yes. way to learn things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't always have to be passively reading a book. But I will say, one thing I really am trying to get better about now is not putting it off until like bedtime because that was always uh, my reading time yes and it's leisure and yep. the problem is it's very easy i've been i've been hooked on my kindle now for i don't know four or five years because 
Now books are just so heavy. Right. I just can't. They have so many pages. And I know. And you can fit 3,000 in like a pound and a half. Right. It's so hard to hold on to them. But, you know, you actually was mostly because when I'd go to bed at night, my husband would want to go to sleep. And so I didn't sure. want to have the light on. So right. I started reading my Kindle in bed with, a, with you know, the backlit. And, you, and the thing is, it's very easy to fall asleep. Right. Holding actually mid-sentence. So something I'm trying to get better about is setting time aside during my day in the middle of the day when my energy is high, when I'm mentally focused, when I can mm-hmm. sit in a chair with a real book mm-hmm. and really attend to what I'm reading yeah, and not to feel, here's the trick, to not feel like there's something else I should be doing, to not feel like just because it's daylight, this is, you know, frivolous. Sure. And I should, it, it, it's, it counts. It's work. Whoa. I just ripped the we had a car fire a couple weeks ago. There's all sorts the of crazy. I got really excited about what I was saying and ripped my microphone right off the desk. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I think that that's a challenge for me. I'm wondering if you build it into your day when you when you are reading actual physical books. Yes, I think you you touched on a great point there. You, like it's not frivolous. Like it actually matters. Right. Yeah. And it has to be it has to be planned for and it has to be scheduled, which I think is kind of the the point. Of the article, right, right, and and it's about it's about learning. So it doesn't have to be books. You right. t- TED talks are a great way to learn. Um, audiobooks. Yeah. I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I had a great conversation with uh, guys named Jordan. He just started to work for me in our events business, and um, I, I saw him drive driving in mm-hmm. one day to work. He had, he had his headphones on, right? So he's walking in. He's got got headphones on. I'm like, oh, cool. What you you know, bump into some tunes or whatever. He's like, no, I'm actually listening to audiobooks. And I said. Really? Yeah. So what do you like to listen to? And we got on a great conversation. He was listening to books on relationships and things mm, okay. like that. So this is this is a guy coming to work and he's that's what he's just in his transit time. Yeah. He's just absorbing things and learning things. That's something that he was interested in, in learning to get better at. Well, yeah. And so that that that's another way you can do it alongside other things that you might happen to be doing. That's why podcasts are a great way. I'm sure many of you that are listening to this right now are, are also doing something else. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And what I really like about listening to audiobooks and or podcasts in the car is really easy. And I love the radio. I love music. I mean, that's one of my favorite things. But it's very easy to just go on autopilot. Get in the car, yeah. flip through the stations. You're not really paying attention to what's on. You're just zoning out. You've heard that song a million times. You're not, you know, you're just kind of, you're not really attending. Right. And on the flip side, I find that if I listen to good, like, instructional content in the car, I tune in. Like, I am really listening. You're zoned, you're, yeah. Yeah. Whereas if I listen while I'm doing the dishes or something, I, I don't listen as well. I yeah. don't listen as closely because, sure. the, you know, the sink is running or kids are running in and out Absolutely. or whatever. So the yeah. car, if you're, especially if you're somebody who has a miserable two-hour commute to your job that you hate, mm-hmm. what better way than to perhaps eliminate that from your life? Turn it to your advantage. Than to turn it to your advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. One of the things that I think is really interesting is the advance of technology is buying us more time. Mm. So um, this is a little side note, but it, it ties in. So Tesla, Elon Musk for, with Tesla, mm-hmm. he just put out the next phase of his quote-unquote master plan for the for the company. And one of the phases was kind of that self-driving cars would become more of a reality and that the what that could actually do to allow people to live more where they wanted to live. So what right now, a lot of the jobs are centered around cities. So a lot of people live in the cities and are packed in. And the in, in areas where you have a high concentration of people, the housing prices are mm. a lot higher, right? right? Downtown San Francisco, if you're listening to this in downtown San Francisco, you're renting a studio apartment or one-bedroom apartment for probably about three grand yeah. a month, right? In the town we're in, that same space goes for about $600 right. a month, mm-hmm. right? So now, now we're not in San Francisco, 
But we are approximately 90 minutes outside of downtown Chicago. Mm -hmm. So another place where the cost of living is decently high, right? Well, if your transit suddenly became something you didn't have to do, like this, your self-driving car took you to work, right? Could you live here? Yeah. Right? Where the rent is low and transit into a major metropolitan area to your job. But your 90 minutes or your 60 minutes or whatever it ended up being was just free time for you. So you'd yeah. read, you could sleep, you could just do whatever. It just would be, just be another, you're hanging out at home, you're hanging out, now you're hanging it's, out a little right. bit more in this space and now you're there. Yeah. And so the travel time, the intention, so now we've bought ourselves time then and then also potentially the technology has bought us a lower cost of living, a lower cost in our housing area, which is one of the biggest expenses that people have. So yeah, um, so yeah you can utilize technology to help actually drive down some of the... Um, I guess the transaction costs of absorbing information, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The, to feed aggregators, the RSS feeds, Google Reader was a yeah. great one for that that a lot of people loved. I use Feedly mm-hmm. um, where I pull in you know, blogs and, and places that are producing content that I like and I can just scan through by subject and something catches my eye. I can dig a little deeper and I might spend 10, 15 minutes on that. And if it's something I really like, I'll bookmark it, come back and kind of go through the wormhole of where that leads. Yeah. And so th- there are ways to do this where you're not spending a lot of time, you're not going to the library and flipping through, right? putting a bunch of books on the table and then figuring out when that book was written, if the information is relevant <laughs> right. anymore. Yeah. So uh, there's so many ways to just kind of, to do this. I like that. I like the top. I like the idea of using your commute to your advantage. Uh, my husband travels back and forth to Chicago a couple mm-hmm. times a week. And I remember asking him at some point, like, how can you stand it? First of all, the drive, I will say, from our city to Chicago is not the most attractive. Right. You go through some stretches of Indiana that are yeah not the best. No. And so it's kind of, you know, it can be kind of a pain like that drive, especially if you do it a lot. And he said, you know, when he discovered audiobooks, that just changed it for him entirely mm-hmm. because now... He could either be sitting on his computer at home yep. or he can be sitting in the car. Yep. And even driving doesn't, I mean, he has, he's paying attention to the road, but it doesn't change it that materially. Or right. you take the train. Maybe it's a while before self-driving cars are going to sure, become a real thing. But right. train or listening um, in the car, I just feel like there's ways to use it. It doesn't have to be a waste of time and so much of it's perception. Yeah. I actually, there's there are times when I'm going somewhere. Um, if if it's a little bit of a distance, I actually secretly look forward to the drive because yeah. now I've can I can uninterrupted listen to right. you know an hour and a half episode of the Tim Ferriss podcast, or I can you know listen to an audio book and get a good amount of content in, right. or I can listen to lots of other podcasts and stuff. So it, it it really is a good a good way to kind of utilize the same time that you already have uh, to your advantage in this learning category. And most of us, the average commute is 25 minutes, I believe, mm-hmm. across America. The average commute to work is 25 minutes. That's one way. So it's 50 minutes. Yeah. So you're almost to your hour a day. And if you commute five days a week, you can do this if you can build this learning into your commute. Yeah. So this five hour rule is is certainly possible. Um, One of the way that I like to kind of simplify and absorb more in a short period of time with books is uh, I'll do this at the bookstore and quite often I'll actually uh, buy a book and then I'll end up doing this is I'll do this. It's kind of the skim read. Yeah. So it's, uh, you've probably seen this technique before and, and, I'm not reading every word of the book. I'm skimming through the headlines, I'm sk- but I'm working my way through at a relatively fast pace. And in maybe a couple of hours or an hour, go work all the way through a book just by reading the headings and digging mm-hmm. into the stuff that's pertinent. And quite often, I'll have absorbed the gist. I'll have absorbed, again, what I'm not really- What you need to get. Yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm not saying that that book is now useless or that I shouldn't read it in depth. But what will happen is I will avoid reading the book that wasn't actually valuable 
Yes. And I will see that, oh my gosh, there's a lot here. I need to slow down. Yeah. And I need to dig more deeper into this one. And so yeah. I actually end up absorbing more material and reading more books in less time because I don't spend the four to six to eight to 10 hours reading something I really don't well, derive value from. You know, I will tell you, I have been in publishing and I've published four books traditionally, meaning a mm -hmm. publisher published them for me. Yep. Um, and it's funny, when you come to a publisher with an idea, usually in the proposal, you propose a word count. So you all you have is an idea. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of throw out a word count because you know they need that so that they can decide how much, because the way that it works, they need to have a list price before they come back to you with your print run and how much they're going to pay you. Mm -hmm. So they have to have the word count up ahead of time. And what ends up happening is a lot of books become very bloated because it turns out you really didn't have enough material for an 80,000 word book or a 100,000 word book. And I think oh, see, that's around 80 to 100 is kind of where the typical nonfiction yeah, you know, right. instructional book lies. Sure. And so I've had this situation where I've gotten into writing a book and been like, man, I don't know. How am I going to squeeze 50,000 words out? It's like you're writing the term paper yeah. and you know, you're making the font really big and like yeah. putting double double spaces and like just kind of tons of to, adjectives yeah just like really these long descriptions or these kind of like made up not even really i'm not saying they're totally fabricated but in some cases they totally are yeah. um Extra anecdotes words. and and mm. case studies and stories and things that don't really add to what you're getting out of the book and it's because of the model this public because the publishing model very kind of encourages that wow. so that would explain why skimming often works probably the author came in and they had you know enough salient points to get it out in like twenty thousand words and that's all they really needed. Yeah. But now they got to meet their demands, the publisher's right. demands, and so it gets bloated. Oh, so that's fascinating. Very different than fiction, where they write it to the length that needs to be written, and that's leisure reading. So it's right. a little bit different, right? Yeah. But yeah. when you're just trying to learn something, right? So I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I mean, just get get to the point. And see, I don't think there's very few people that know what you just what you just shared. So I, I, that's a very interesting, a very interesting facet. What's What's cool about that is, and there are books that I will skim through yeah. that end up not, at the time they're not. They're not the thing I needed to, to learn, right? right? Or, and, and this is another thing um, to, to think through is, d do you want to read a lot of stuff so that just in case you might need that in the future, you've read the whole book? Right. Or do you kind of need the information, the stuff when you need it? Right. Right. To learn it when you need it or, you know, maybe you're building up a body of knowledge in a certain area. So for me, what I found is that skimming through books that way, I get the salient points. So I kind of have the gist of what the book is about and what the the depth of the book would contain, but mm. not the specifics. So that down the road, if up comes an opportunity or something that relates to this, I know I can go back and reference that book and then dig deeper into it. Yeah. And so that's that's one way I found where I end up reading books twice. The first time is a skim. The second time was with with depth yeah. um, because it meant more the second time. It is actually relevant to what I was looking at. That's a great strategy. And I, you know, I it's one of the reasons I really like eBooks. I know that it's a little unvetted. So people mm -hmm. can get a little skittish about, sure. even though it's like usually like two ninety nine or whatever for a new right, book. You right. know, sometimes it can be, you're putting trust in something kind Absolutely. of not as well understood that there aren't gatekeepers. But the great thing about an ebook is it's usually just as long as it needs to be yep. because the author has no reason to bloat it. You mm -hmm. can't even see it ahead of time. You, you can't see how thick it is. So there's no expectation set on the oh, on yeah. the on the uh, part of the reader. Yeah. And the price sometimes is roughly related to the length but not completely. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so like I just read Damon Brown's um yeah. new and I don't know if it's out just yet but probably by the time it's coming out soon. This launches yeah. or this episode goes up and I think it's called The Bite-Sized Entrepreneur. Yep. It's a short book, but I felt like there was value there. It was just as long 
he obviously went in and thought, I need a book that's this long, and that's as long as it needs to be. So what's the point of going to a publisher and then needing to make it four times as long? Right. You know? So I just think that then your your time isn't wasted, um, and I don't know, you're, you're getting out of it what you need to get out of it. Yeah. And so you can make more of less Absolutely. Of less reading time. Yeah. So learning can, we've, it could be reading. It could be video. Talk mm-hmm. about TED Talks. It could be audio. Talk about the audio books, utilizing yeah. your commute, um, and eventually your Tesla. And then um, also that you talked about video as well a little bit. Yeah. Um, outside of TED Talks, are there any specific areas that you go to for, for video learning? I usually, okay, so this is terrible, but I tend to, I have um, a lot of business owners and businessy kind of people in my Facebook feed. And yeah. I, I think I've finally stumped the algorithm on Facebook. Oh. I'm only seeing mostly people's stuff that I want to see. Wow. I don't know why. Yeah. There was an article that went around for a while that was like the person who stopped liking anything on Facebook. And oh, then and the behavioral. saw what happened. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I just got busy and stopped interacting with dumb stuff for a while. And then what I did bother to interact with then rose to the top. Yeah. But I'm seeing a lot of really good quality stuff. In, and it's not all business. A lot of it's just interesting things I didn't know really well made like little short documentaries and stuff that are coming up and that is one of the good things about Facebook I think because it ends up being this amalgam of information you maybe wouldn't find on your own or you wouldn't find at a single site and it's these people that are interesting and and connected and thinking about things right and people in your circles the people that you're connected to you might think similarly hey this I like this you might like this exactly yeah so I just kind of tend to watch a lot of stuff that comes up in my feed I don't watch those stupid cooking videos that are Oh, like the, the addictive ones. Well, you know, the like the ones like you're you're peeling a banana all wrong. Oh, I got really irate about those about a year ago. Like, yeah. how dare you? How dare you tell me I'm peeling that a banana seems, wrong? It does seem a bit much. <laughs> and, and judging by your reaction, I can see why you log out of Facebook occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> like, you see my nostrils flaring over here. Dave? Yeah, yeah. There's there, there's tea all over the place. There's cognitive all over the place. So. I'm about to rip the mic off the desk again. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So one last thing on the audio um, and ebook yeah. side. Um, I love the 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 thing that comes with the Kindle, the whisper sync thing that will actually synchronize. So, and then some of the audiobooks that are on audible mm-hmm. because Amazon owns audible and, uh, and also the Kindle, obviously, um, they will actually, there's some books where if you have the audiobook version on audible and you have the Kindle version that you can actually have that sync so that where you left off in the audiobook, it'll actually sync to that oh, page in the, in the ebook awesome. okay. and vice versa. So yeah. I've actually found that, so I get, I'm in this horrible habit now. It's it, Amazon owns my soul, but the, I am literally buying on Amazon, the physical book. I'm buying the audio book on Audible and I'm buying the ebook. Do you on get any Kindle. kind of bargain when you do it all together like that? Um, no, but well, I think you, 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 you actually do on the audio from Audible and, um, okay, that's what I the thought, ebook. Yeah. yeah. You can, you can add the, the whisper sync or the Audible component for just a little bit of money or whatever, but I have a subscription to Audible. But so anyway, that's another way to kind of tie together the learning. So if you're moving between mediums, you can kind yes. of keep up with what you're absorbing. And I believe Kindle has a search feature as yeah. well. Oh, sure. So which makes it really nice when, you know, like you said, maybe you skimmed a book. Maybe you skimmed the hard copy of the book, but right. you have the Kindle version. I do. And then later you think to yourself, man, what was it he said about, I don't know. That one thing? That one thing. You just you just and then search you just your entire library. Yeah. yeah, and you yeah. don't have to get, you know, flip through. and, and You find the page yeah. in the book without even tuck, going through the bookshelf. Right, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess what is our point? What is the what is the point of all this, What is Dave? the point? The point Why is every, even? You have five hours this week. To you learn. do. You, you do. do. 
I'm I, almost all of you do. Maybe yeah. there's that one person out there who just really doesn't. But just doesn't. I'm not talking to that person. I'm talking to all the rest of you who aren't utilizing your you know commutes or are watching a lot of TV or are getting embroiled in dumb Facebook fights about banana peels. That's right. And you know, I think the planning and the treating it as an important part of your business and life and not just kind of letting it go in by the sidelines. Yeah. You know, you have to make the time. It doesn't just the magical time fairy does not come and grant you reading time. No, you've got to find it time or, or you, watching time. Yeah. You make the time for the things that are important and, and really you succeed in the margins. You succeed in the time that is free outside of the stuff that is occupying our time. And heck, Benjamin Franklin had to make his own candles. Exactly. Come on, people. He didn't even have electric lighting. That's so, right. He had yeah. to make his lighting. Yes. We, we, <laughs> I think we got, we've got a little bit more time than Ben, than old Ben had. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we uh, will be back next week with episode 20 uh, if you want to find the show notes here we'll link to some of the stuff we talked about um, it'll be at lifeworkpodcast.com look for episode 19 you can email us at hello at lifeworkpodcast.com or leave us a rating and review or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show because it really helps us out and we like to know what you think see you next time thanks for listening to the Life Work Podcast Build your business and design your life with us every day, Monday through Friday. And find us at lifeworkpodcast.com.